Welcome to the L&D Career Club podcast, where purpose-driven people come to start and grow the L&D career of their dreams. I'm Sarah Canistra, an L&D career, business, and executive coach, and I'm here to take you on a weekly journey to create a seamless, energizing, and engaging L&D career blueprint so you can live a life of fulfillment, inspiration, and freedom. If you're here to find your first L&D role, move up the L&D ladder, or land that high-level L&D role you've been dreaming of, welcome to the club. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the L&D Career Club podcast. I am so pumped that you're here. Uh, If you're listening to this when it's coming out on Tuesday, April 11th, which Y'all, I cannot believe it's April. Like, what what is happening with time? Um, I hope you all had a wonderful holiday weekend. I know several holidays uh, converged this this past weekend. So if you do celebrate any or all of those, I hope you had a wonderful holiday weekend. And so excited for all the momentum that's kicking up right now in the L&D job market. It's been pretty amazing to see how many new and open roles there are. Um, Just even looking at between February and March, couple hundred thousand more L&D and L&D adjacent roles hit the job market. So um, one thing I'm preparing right now, and it might take me a little bit of time to get this uh, out to you all, but something I was thinking about this weekend and um, saying it here to hold me accountable, uh, is really looking at a state of the L&D job market report. So I'm going to be working on that. And what I'm going to talk about in today's episode is going to going to start to kick that off for us. Uh, so it'll give you, give you a little bit of glimpse into some of the, some of the data points that I'm looking at, but specifically today we're going to talk about one um, in particular. So um, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, A couple announcements. Uh, We have a new live program that's actually kicking off today. So if you are listening to this uh, when this comes out on the 11th, we are kicking off today. So it's not too late to get inside of the L&D Career Transition Personal Development Plan workshop series. So we are spending one full week together really looking at what your L&D niche is and how do we create a personalized development plan that's aligned and strategic. Um, One of the things I've been talking about a lot is how I just despise the word upskill. I talked about it in last week's episode because really the reality is most of the things that we need to learn more about or to grow within aren't things we necessarily have to upskill in. And we're gonna talk about that today also um, with some of the findings of the survey that I did. But we're really gonna look at how do we create this aligned and strategic development plan for yourself and also understand what is it that you need to know now, right? Like before and while you're applying, what do you need to know and get familiarized with before you start your job? And then what are things that you're gonna learn on the job? And so we're gonna answer all of those questions inside of this program. It is not too late to join us. If you go to the overnighttrainer.com slash events, you can get all of the information there. So really, really excited about that. Again, one week down and dirty, nice and short. Um, we're really going to be strategic and aligned in how we how we do this and how we create it. Uh, so that way we have a strategic and aligned development plan for you. So if you're looking for just some guidance on what you should be focusing on developing and what you should not be focusing on developing, this is going to be a great program for you. It is live, includes four asynchronous mod- modules. Uh, it also includes a live Q&A with me on the 17th. So we'll have that um, as well as daily coaching for me and inside of our group chat. So 
If you're interested in that, again, theovernighttrainer.com slash events. And then for those of you inside of the LD Career Club membership, we are having a really epic uh, live Q&A next week. Uh, it is with Emma Strong, who is a resume coach and LD hiring manager. She's going to be coming on. She is our in-house resume coach. She's going to be coming into the LD Career Club membership doing a live 90-minute session. We're going to look at top resume tips to really make sure your resume stands out amongst the crowd. And then she is going to answer live questions. So if you are not inside of the LD Career Club membership and you want to be, Go to theovernighttrainer.com slash LDCC to get enrolled in that. We'd love to have you. Doors are open. So many amazing things are happening. Um, and if you're in the LDCC, that program I just mentioned earlier is also included for you. So um, inside the LDCC, you get access to all live programs for six months, which is pretty amazing. And it's an epic deal, in all honesty. So um, again, if you have any questions about that too, you can always feel free to DM me on LinkedIn. Happy to answer any questions you have about that. Okay, let's get into today's episode. So I did a poll on LinkedIn a about a week and a half ago, almost two weeks ago now, and it had 243 answers. So I think that's a pretty good data set. And I went through and looked just to kind of make sure that the people who responded to the poll were people who I needed to respond to the poll. And overwhelmingly, the answer was yes. So the question that I asked here was LD hiring managers, what is the most important hiring factor you look for when adding great talent to your LD to at your LD team? And so there were four options. One was education and certifications, one was transferable and proven experience, one was industry experience slash being a subject matter expert, and one was value alignment. And there were some it's interesting. Some answers that I was not surprised at. <laughs> I've done a poll similar to this uh, in the past, um, but some answers I was surprised at. Um, so I'm going to talk through all of those. So just to kind of give you high level the answers to that, um, overwhelmingly at 68%, so the majority of answers was that the number one and the most important hiring factor L&D hiring managers are looking for are transferable and proven experience followed by value alignment at 18%, then industry experience at 9%, and education and certifications at 5%. And y'all, that is why inside of this career development plan workshop series, why we're focusing on really creating an aligned and strategic development plan, because so many people get this flipped, right? They're spending all their money, all their time, all their energy on focusing on education and certifications when it's literally the last thing that hiring managers are looking for. Well, last thing out of these four, right? And so, and, and overwhelmingly the last thing on this list. And so rather than focusing on education and certifications, right, this is telling us, okay, we need to really focus on the transferable improvement an experience. And I had asked a couple of people who had selected that as an answer because um, I shared this with some of my career coaching clients. I shared the results ahead of time. And I said, what questions do you all have about this? And they said, we're really interested in, you know, what do people mean by proven experience? And so the proven experience piece and that transferable piece, piece it wasn't around, again, proven in the industry, right? They didn't mind about the industry experience or things like that. What these hiring managers were looking for are is were is, <laughs> are you able to articulate the experience that you have into the experience that they're looking for, right? So are you able to translate that? And that's one of the biggest things that I focus on with my clients inside of the LD Career Club is how do we start to translate and transfer that experience? Because there are so many transferable skills inside the world of learning and development, yet sometimes it is a little bit of a different language. And when you are 
working on your resume, your cover letter, interviewing, right? It's so important. I've done a post on this in the past. I'll probably bring it up from the vault soon, but it's so important that you are the one focusing on translating your experience versus hoping that someone else can translate it for you, right? So it's a really, that's a really important piece. What this tells me is that more than ever, it's really important to spend our time, our energy, our money, right? Whatever resources we have, spending the most of it on on figuring out and translating our experience to showcase that we've done this before and we can do it again. And so I really want you to take that into consideration. Again, that's why I, you know, I always get so hyped when people are like, I'm taking this certification and I did this and I went on LinkedIn learning for 25 hours yesterday, you know, 25 hours in a 24 hour day, I was on LinkedIn learning and I learned all these things and here's all my certifications and here's all this education. And while those things are great, right, it is important to be skilling and to be familiarizing yourself and to be developing yourself, right? Like we're in learning and development or trying to get into learning and development. We are lifelong learners. That is just who we are at our core and at our ethos. It is probably why we do what we do because we just freaking love learning. And at the same time, what happens, and I notice this, is that people spend way too much time on the education and certifications piece and not enough on how do I translate my experience and how do I showcase this. So I think it's really, really important. I was not surprised by this being 68% of the votes going towards the most important thing they're looking for is that transferable experience because the reality is, and I can say this as an L&D hiring manager myself in the past, working with several L&D hiring managers who are my executive coaching clients, right? That when they are looking to add on their team, what they really want is someone who can hit the ground running. And that doesn't mean that there's not going to be stuff you're going to be able to learn on the job, right? It doesn't mean that day one, you're going to have a full plate, but they really want to know that, hey, someone can can do this job and do this job well. And they want that proof that you've been able to do that before. And so spending your time, your energy, your money, your resources towards being able to translate the experience you already have is really where you should be spending the most amount of your time. And really thinking about that because that transferable slash proven experience is what L&D hiring managers are looking for. And I think especially now, and just to be honest with you all, right, the, the pace at which L&D has to move is faster than we've ever had to move before. And for a really long time, L&D was you know, kind of behind the business. We were order takers. We had an opportunity to create things really slowly. I remember when I first started out, you know, I get six months to work on a on a program. Um, you know, now when I do some consulting or with my executive coaching clients, right, they're lucky if they get a month to put something together sometimes. And so the speed at which L&D is now required to work at, right? The speed and the pace now matches the speed and the pace of business, right? Business changes, business evolved, technology, AI, right? All of these things are allowing us to move at a more rapid pace, which is great, right? So, you know, years ago when I first started, that six-month program or that giving getting six months to make a program, well, I had way less technology then than I do now, right? So we have a lot of technological advances and business has advanced too. And so it's really, really important you think about it from the lens of a hiring manager, they want to know that you can come in and hit the ground running, right? That you're able to come in, understand the way that things work inside that organization, inside that team, learn what you need to learn on the job, right? No one's expecting you to come in as an expert, right? No one said here, right, that you need to have expert experience. 
there's a huge difference, right, between having transferable improvement experience and being an expert. I think a lot of times, too, we spend a lot of time, energy, money on education and certifications because we feel that we have to be experts in things. And that is not what hiring managers are looking for. They do not need you to be an expert, but they need you to have transferable and proven experience so you can hit the ground running. And so you can become an expert on the job, right? That's, that's the, that, that is the expectation. How do you now become an expert on the job? You don't have to become an expert before you get the job. It's on the job that you're really gonna be able to take that transferable and proven experience and now create expertise out of that. So I was not surprised that was 68%. I was also not surprised that education certifications were 5%. Like I said, I've done this before um, and or something similar before uh, and have had have seen those numbers uh, pop up as well. So uh, this is, again, just a reminder to you all, if you're spending the majority of your time focusing on getting education and certifications, you are really spending a lot of time or wasting, in all honesty, a lot of time that you could be spending focusing on how do I harness what I already have and translate that. So I would say the other piece of the puzzle here is going to be the other two, which is industry experience, being a subject matter expert, and value alignment. Now, I'll say that this poll came to be because I have a, uh, a, a coaching client right now, and we were talking a lot about that industry experience piece. And there was a couple um, roles that she was not getting, and that was, um, we believe, maybe one of the, the reasons why. And so we wanted to, put, I wanted to put this out here to really see like, hey, is this something that is just kind of happening to her in a pocket, um, or is this really the reality out there? And, it, and it, the, this poll, the poll results tell me it's more of in that pocket there. Um, because while yes, there are 9% of hiring managers inside of this poll who are looking for you to have industry experience to be a subject matter expert, uh what I will say, and I've said this time and time again, is that L&D is industry agnostic, right? So depending on where I go, and, and for the most part, right, there are some things that are very, very, very regulated um, and do require you to be a subject matter expert in what you're developing training on. So there are some some. And this is a small, small, small pocket uh, that exists out there of, of highly, highly regulated industries that need trainers who also understand um, the, the industry itself and be that subject matter expert. But for the most part, L&D is industry agnostic, right? 99% of the time, L&D is industry agnostic, meaning that we take our skills that we have in developing curriculum, facilitating, you know, managing LMSs, right? The, the list can go on and on and on. Coaching, uh, content development, right? Stakeholder management, all of those things. That that is industry agnostic, right? So whether I'm managing a stakeholder at a real estate company or a retail company, my past experience, uh, the skills I'm using are the exact same. Right, so whether I'm a subject matter expert or not, I'm using those same skills. Same thing when I am facilitating. If I'm facilitating at retail versus facilitating in real estate, the skills I'm using to facilitate and facilitate great conversations, right, are exactly the same. It's just a different topic. And so it's remembering too that unless there's a specific industry that you want to be in, right? I work with some clients who um, really want to be in hospitality, um, who really want to be in a tech space or a you know financial space, whatever it may be. Um, but for the most part, I would say 90% of the clients I work with, maybe even more than that, um, don't really care what industry they work for because at the end of the day, like I said, L&D is industry agnostic. And the results of this poll pretty much show that as well, that yes, there are going to be some people who want you to have that industry experience. Um, but for me, in all honesty, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, I do find that as a... 
I don't know if I want to say red flag here, but uh, we'll say bright orange, an orangey red uh, flag uh, when a company is prioritizing you to have industry experience uh, versus L&D experience. Because again, that tells me that they value that subject matter expertise more than they actually value your subject matter expertise in learning and development. So I see that as, I always see it as like a little bit of a red flag, a mini red flag that pops up there. Again, I don't think it's a complete deal breaker, However, just important to be able to to look at that and say, hey, if this is what's really important to them, is that even a company I, I want to work for? Um, if that's if that's their perspective on it too. So that's my personal opinion. I know many many of you might share that as well. Um, but again, there are some companies who have you know incredible regulations, um, you know. Uh, legal legal ramifications and things like that if the person who's developing the training does not have uh, a background in that that area in that industry so keep that in mind as well all right so I want to talk about the one that actually surprised me the most uh, in a good way uh, which was the value alignment piece so uh, nearly 20 percent of hiring managers who voted on this voted on the value alignment piece and I was really surprised. I thought that transferable proven experience would be somewhere around 80. And I thought the, you know, the other three would split that 15%, 20%. Um, so I was really surprised that value alignment, pleasantly surprised that value alignment took uh, almost 20% of this. And I'm pleasantly surprised because one of the things that I talk a lot about with my coaching clients um, inside of the L&D Career Club is that value alignment piece. It's one of the first things that we do when we figure out what your L&D niche is, right? It's about the intersection between your skills, your interests, and then your values, right? A lot of people will say, all right, find the right the right role for you is you know doing this job responsibility. And it's one thing to find the right role for you, but it's another thing to find the right company, the right team, the right leader, right? All of those require that value alignment. Uh, one thing I say often too is that, you know, your your skills will get you in the door. Absolutely, right? But through the interview process, it's your value alignment that's really going to make you stand out. And so this really proved to me that you know, that piece is really important for, for I would, a fifth of hiring managers. And I, I loved that. Like I said, pleasantly surprised with that. And so what that tells me is for you all is to really think about when you are applying for roles, to not just apply and look, is this the right role for me? But like I was saying before, is this the right company for me? Is there a value alignment there? Um, as you're interviewing, is this the right team for me? Is there a value alignment there? Is this the right leader for me? Is there a value alignment there? Because you could have the best job in the entire world, like the best job in the entire world. But if that company, if you do not have a value alignment there, especially being in learning and development, it can be a really, really, really challenging place to work. And I say that from personal experience. You know, I in my last full-time role, and I've talked about this in, in many podcast episodes, but in my last full-time role, I loved my job, right? I loved my I loved my role. I got to design my job description, right? So like what's not to love when you're the one writing your own job description here? Um, I really enjoyed the team that I managed and that I developed. Um, however, the company and I had very, very, very different values. And what happened was every time I came up with an idea or every time I wanted to push something forward, right, that value alignment came into play. And that value, the value misalignment, actually, I'll say here, really, really uh, shined brightly. And so I wasn't able to get a lot of the things done that I wanted to get done because we didn't have those same values and had a, had a misalignment when it came to values. And so when you think about applying for roles, 
really understand and before you hit that apply button, you know, does this company, as far as I know, right, we can't know everything, uh, but does this company, as far as I know, align with my values? And more importantly, ask yourself the question, what values do I have that I want amplified in the next company that I work for. And really spend some time reflecting on that because like I mentioned, you can have the best job in the world, but if there's a value misalignment, it becomes really, really hard for you to to show up, right? To be yourself, to be your authentic self at work. And that's where a lot of that toxicity can come into. And I talked about this before too, right? I look at my last company as being incredibly toxic, incredibly toxic. Um, but I still have friends who I love and who I admire and who, who, you know, in some way, shape or form, we share similar values. But for them, the values that they needed from their company were not the same that I needed. And so they don't see it as a toxic work environment, right? They've been there for years and years and years and enjoy working there. For me, right, from day one, actually, I was able to really understand and see, ooh, this is not in alignment with my values. And so because I went through that experience, I do spend a lot of time working with my clients, talking about it and here with you all around how important that value alignment piece is. And this survey really showed me that not only is it important for you, but it's also really important for the hiring manager, right? Many people commented and said, hey, like, yeah, that's great. We want them to have some experience, but the most important thing is going to be that value alignment because if they already have some of that transferable experience, I can show them the way, but I can't teach them to have the same values as us. And again, it's not about, I think people can get this confused too, where it's not about perpetuating the same values, although it can be right on the darker side of it. But rather than perpetuating, I really believe it's that amplification that I was I mentioning before, right? So for example, if for you, your value, your values are creativity, right? If that's a core value to you, it's something that you want to share in your next company. How does your company amplify your ability to be creative or innovation, right? Or autonomy, right? How does your, how does the next company you work for, how are they going to amplify that and make you an even stronger, you know, autonomous worker or creative worker. And so it's really thinking about that. So it's not only about identifying the list of core values that you have, but then actually reflecting and asking yourself, what would this look like in my next company if this was amplified for me? What does that look like on their side and then also on my side too? So really spending time doing that. So like I said, that was actually very surprising to me, pleasantly surprising, because I, I definitely went into this with my own biases, knowing that the transferable and proven experience was going to be the highest, um, just based on having done something similar to this before and having coached, you know, almost 300 people now um, into new L&D careers. I know that transferable experience piece is the most important um, and having the ability to not only translate, but speak to it and be be confident in it. I think that's a huge part, right? I know I work with a lot of people who are like, I know I have the skills. I just don't, you know, feel confident in expressing them or speaking to them. So that's really telling me if we look at this, right? Like if we're looking at this objectively here and we can look at it, I would say even holistically, where it's like, if we can look at the results of the survey and use this to say, all right, how can I, how can I maybe use this loosely to think about where I'm going to spend my time, my energy, my money? 
So if we're looking at transferable and proven experience being 68%, right? 68% of L&D hiring managers say that's the most important thing to them. Well, you're going to want to spend then the majority of your time focusing on that transferable proven experience piece. How do I gain confidence in my skills that I have and translating those to showcase the proven experience that I do have and how I can hit the ground running, right? Then next, thinking about, all right, value alignment piece. I want to make sure I'm spending at least, you know, a quarter of my time, let's say, you know, a fifth or a quarter of my time, making sure that not only do, am I clear on my values, am I, I'm clear on how I want my next company to amplify them, but also I'm making sure that when I'm looking at roles, that not only am I looking at the right role, but understanding if it's the right company for me and spending a little bit more of your time doing some research, whether that's looking on Glassdoor, as a quick Google search, connecting with people who work at that organization to find out you know, their feedback on the organization and what their thoughts are and if it is a value alignment, right? So focusing on spending your time, about 20% of your time doing that. Then when we look at the industry experience, the education certifications, for you, if there is a certain industry that you do want to be in, right, spending your time, you know, 9, 10% of your time, focusing on making sure that you're up to date in what's going on in that industry. Um, I have someone who, you know, right now is thinking about a career transition, staying in L&D, but really wanting to get into the healthcare space um, and elder care specifically, right? So in that case, what I recommend for her is to spend about 10% of that time getting that industry experience, learning more about it, right? Becoming that subject matter expert in that field, because that's that's a really specific industry that she wants to get in. So if there's a specific industry that you are targeting and that you know, hey, I really am I'm passionate about this. I have a lot of interest in this. I want to spend time in this. Then about 9, 10% of your time should be dedicated to getting that industry experience or that subject matter expertise. And then lastly, 5%, right? Spending that 5-ish percent on education and certifications. And again, it's such a flipped script here because I know and I see sometimes I like want to bang my head against the desk because when I'm on LinkedIn and I'm seeing everyone just sharing, oh, I'm rubbing my eyes right now. Everyone just sharing, I've learned this. I got this certificate. I did this and I did that. And I, I learned this. It's like amazing. So glad that you learned that. But you're spending 95% of your time learning and the other 5% actually doing, right? And is that learning actually moving you forward? And if you've collected 10, 15, 20, 30 certificates, 30 LinkedIn learning courses, and you haven't moved the needle at all on your career transition, it's really important for you to go back and say, okay, like what are the things, and this is what we're focusing on side of that uh, personal development course, what are the things I really should be focusing on and need to be focusing on now or later? And then spending a little bit of your time familiarizing yourself with that, right? It's not about going back and getting another master's or getting a graduate certificate or taking a really expensive, you know, academy and nothing against those, right? Because there are, the I think there's a place for all of those. But if we're putting all of our eggs in the education and certifications basket, what you can see from this, this survey, right? And from this episode is that that's actually the least, like, <laughs> it's the least important hiring factor that, L&D hiring managers are looking for. And so really ask yourself, okay, when I look at where I'm spending my time, my energy, my money, 
Does it somewhat mirror this, right? Am I spending the most amount of my time, energy, money on my transferable proven experience? Am I spending then the next amount on making sure that where I'm applying and where I'm interviewing is aligned with my values? Then the next after that is, hey, if there's a certain industry I want to be in, how do I gain more subject matter expertise in that? And then lastly, you know, really understanding what are the things I need to familiarize myself with and how can I spend five, seven, I don't know, eight, nine, 10% of my time doing that, right? And upskilling in that. And don't love the word upskilling, but for sake of, of this episode, we'll use it. So I really hope this gave you all some clarification, um, giving you some time back, uh, and to help you realign where you are spending your time, money, and your energy. Because, uh, you know, our time, our energy, those are resources uh, that are really hard to get back. I mean, time, we can never get time back, right? So really thinking about moving forward in this process, how can you realign your priorities and your career transition to align more with what else? hiring managers are actually looking for. So hope this episode helped. Again, uh, if you're listening to this when this comes out, you can still join us inside of the L&D Career Transition Personal Development Plan uh, workshop series. So it's going to be going through from the 11th through the 17th, uh, daily access to me through our group chat, live Q&A on the 17th, four dropped modules for you to be able to work through on your own time. Um, You'll walk away with a very strategic a development plan for yourself that fits in that 5%, that 5% category here, right? Nothing that's going to be completely overwhelming for you all. Um, and then of course, if you want to join the L&D Career Club, we would love, love, love to have you. Um, like I mentioned before, on the 18th, we are doing a resume tips workshop, masterclass, and live Q&A. So can't wait to see you all there. Let me know what questions you have. But I cannot wait to hear from you how you are now going to rearrange your L&D Career Transitions strategy to match this a little bit more and I'll catch y'all next week. Thank you so much for listening to the L&D Career Club podcast. If today's episode sparked anything inside you, I would love to hear about it. Feel free to share your ahas and takeaways by sending me a message on LinkedIn or Instagram or by leaving a podcast review. And if you want more support on your L&D career journey, I invite you to join us inside the L&D Career Club membership, where we are redefining what it looks like to grow in your L&D career. Visit theovernighttrainer.com slash programs for more information and to activate your membership. See y'all back here next week.